What is going on? I am here at an undisclosed location. That's right. Recording remotely. I'm all masked up. I'm all sunglassed up because that's my way of eye protection, not just from the virus, but from the sun. And I'm sitting here and I got my uh, corona in line and uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the, the humid weather outside right now. So definitely we are social distancing in this time that we need the social distance and we need to adhere to science. All right. Stop being fools out here and letting somebody lead you down the wrong path. I mean, since when did we care about what the CDC said? We usually just follow their app, whatever they put out. We used to follow and damn it. We came this far, right? But T will wearing a mask is an infringement on my rights. Man, stop all that nonsense. You're what infringing you my rights. You got a right to wear that damn mask so we can cure this virus. That's what your right is. You know, that's your civic duty to wear that mask. Okay? I'd like, first and foremost, I'd like to thank all the essential workers, but the most important essential workers are the ones on the front line, the ones in the hospitals, the ones in the nursing homes, the ones that are there dealing with this every day, day in, day out, working 12 to 14 shifts. 12 to 14 hour shifts a day. They're the ones that I like to take my hat off to. You know, they're the ones that are wearing a mask, okay, 12 to 14 hours a day. And we got all these Karens and Bobs out here that are complaining about infringement on my rights. And I have a medical history. I can't wear a mask. You can't wear a mask for 45 seconds to go from your car to a shopping center. You can't wear a mask for 45 minutes to shop. Well, damn it, order your groceries. They got delivery service. You know, stop all this nonsense, man. Oh, I don't know this how to crazy. use a computer. I don't know how to use my cell phone. Yeah, that's another thing. With all these DMV lines in, in Jersey. Are you kidding me? 95% of what you can do is online. So congratulations, everybody who's waiting out in line. And shout out to my man, friend of the show, Keith Pompey, who was waiting in line today. You played yourself because you could have did everything out online, you know. So let's get that out of the way, man. I'm not, I'm not here to, to uh, get too deep into the situation. I just want some normalcy. I don't see it happening anytime soon because we got too many a-holes out here that want to pump their chest and say about their rights and they could do this and do that. Well, guess what? The longer you fight this, the longer we're going to be in the position we're in. Before you right? go on, so, I, have, I have a question for you. Go ahead. So you mentioned Keith Pompey. Are you referring to the tweet he made while he was at the DMV? <laughs> That's right, I am. Because he looked like he was sweating out there today, boy. It was hot this, today. So for him to stand out there and get his paperwork done, uh, you know, I would have did it online. I wouldn't have went in there. Especially with the outbreak. Because you're going indoors, and everyone says it's in, uh, if you go indoors, it's lethal. All right, here's what confused me about the Keith Pompey tweet. So he says he's in line at the DMV. This old lady's there, and someone offered her $1,000 for her spot in line. 
and she denied thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yep. Why do you think she denied the thousand dollars? Because she didn't want to go back to wait in line again. That's why. She didn't want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning the next day to wake up to go back in line again. That's why she denied it. But for a thousand dollars to wait in line again, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. If it was half that, I would take that. I haven't seen a thousand dollars in a long time. You and I will take that. But obviously, her pockets are stuffed where she didn't have to take it. Now, if Keith was smart, instead of listening to it and tweeting about it, he could have said, look, for $1,000, you can have my spot, and I'll go home and do this stuff online. So now you didn't woke up and got a grand in your head, and then went home and did your paperwork. Is that going to be my new profession, just wait in line at the DMV <laughs> and just have people <laughs> offer me thousands of dollars for my spot in line? Well, listen... You better go get in line now because uh, people are getting this camping out, man. They're camping out these lines. I mean, this is the badness we're in because people just don't want to wear their masks. You know, they told us in the beginning, let's flatten the curve. And for the most part, some of us did listen, and we did flatten the curve. But things change, okay? Yeah, people got too complacent. That's right. People got too complacent. Things change, all right? So when things change, you have to what? Adjust. It's like coaching. When you're getting your butt kicked, you have to adjust. Something that our coach doesn't do too well about, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Brett Brown doesn't wear a mask. (laughs) But uh, you have to adjust, okay? And, you know, people aren't adjusting to this because it's it's ruining their lifestyle with their so computerized on what they're doing day in and day out exactly you know and no one no one likes to have a wrinkle thrown in their daily routine their daily routine is thrown off and this is what's happening and you know what you have to let it happen you don't have a daily routine right now this is not normal this is the way we live when you don't have a vaccine okay you have people out here who want to dangle our kids as Russian roulette, send them back to school. That's not happening. Okay, any smart parent is not sending their back their kids back to school right now, and any teacher is not going in there because they don't feel safe with the with the uh, programs that are being put out right now. I have a question for the mask is an infringement on my rights. People is a seatbelt an infringement on your right to drive a car? Is an airbag an infringement on that same right? What about the brakes? to your car what about crash dummy tests are any of those infringements no just wear the damn mask it's not going to kill you and if it does sue me guess what you gotta wear pants and a t-shirt to get into a store right exactly exactly shoes too i'm gonna give you another analogy okay and this was a great one and this was this didn't even have to do with the mask this had to do with the spray the rate we're going right now with cases and and uh, the deaths, we're averaging about 50 planes a day crashing. I imagine you're talking about the entire nation, right? Yes. Yeah, the United States. Not the entire nation, world nation, no. The United States of America, our nation, yes, our country, 50 planes a day. 50 planes a day are crashing. Wear your mask, people. That's alarming. Wear your mask. If you put it out there like that, 
as a different spin. So that tells me every day I go to the airport, I'm flipping a coin because my plane might crash that day. Exactly. That and how many times do we hear plane crashes in the news? One, not very often. And two, when they do happen, they're in the news because they're rare enough that when it does happen, it's a huge news story. But most people are blowing the virus as, oh, it's just the flu. It's not the f***ing flu. Pardon my French. I'll bleep that out. It's all good. I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. It's literally bullshit, okay? Put the mask on, people. Listen to science. Science has gotten you this far in life. For all you people who are over 40, for all you people who are over 50, for all the people over 60 and so on, science has gotten you this far into your life. Because we never question the, the you don't question the the medicine and the vaccine that your doctors give you. You take that prescription with a smile. You go to the Rite Aid or Walgreens, and you hand it in there to the pharmaceutical uh, people behind the counter in the pharmacy, and the pharmaceutical people put together your medicine, and they come back to the window and give you a little white bag, and you sign off with your birth date, and then you go home and take your uh, your medication for 10 days and then you feel better so now all of a sudden you want to question it but you know that's not my business guess what i've been laid off for over 100 days my feet are up and i stay home i travel 15 miles 15 miles in two and a half months because i turned on my google my uh, google uh search the the track where I go and what I've been doing. Because I wanted to see, I was curious, you know? I was curious. I haven't been anywhere. And I mask up, I wash my hands, and I buy my uh, sanitation. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I can do what I'm doing right now. And I wish some other people will do what they need to do. So, but let's get into this, man. Welcome back, Matt. You know, this is Philly Full Court Press. You know, follow us on Twitter, Full Court 76. Follow me, Big P Will 34. Follow my man, Matt underscore Marlowe. And, uh, you know, we're going to rock into this. And right off the bat, man, right off the bat, the season starts in eight days. And we're in Orlando in the bubble. And mark my words, there's going to be the corona. You can't run your high from the corona. Corona is going to pop up in that bubble somewhere. But Especially because Disney's now back open. And hope everyone stays safe. I'm going to hope everyone stays safe. And our 76ers open up August 1st, 7 p.m. against the Indiana Pacers. Sixers record against the Indiana Pacers this year, this season, 2-1, 2-1. So, right there, I'm a little nervous because we didn't play good against the Pacers. The Pacers kicked our you-know-what at the field house. And then they had a comeback win against us here. That was one of our two losses at home, I believe. So, you know, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. And then from there, they got they got a tight schedule. It looks like every other day, they don't ease up till Sunday. And that's another thing. Everyone says this schedule is so easy, but we're going to run down and break it down for you. So Monday, they turn around after playing the Pacers, and they got San Antonio Spurs. 
Now, you know what the record is against the Spurs this year? They only won one game against the Spurs this year, right? Yeah, they played the Spurs once, and I believe the Spurs won that game, 115-104. Double-check that for me where you're at, but I'm pretty sure the Spurs won that. That's another W for the road teams. The Sixers won that. The Sixers won that? 115-104. to one, okay, I had it written backwards. Sixers won that one fifteen one oh four. Was that the game uh MB had MB had a nice game that game, I believe. See my man Nat, where he's at, he's got all the tools and and uh and all the uh fiddles to uh, pull this up for me real quick. But uh yeah, I think that's the game MB had a nice game that game. MB had twenty one points, but coming in hot with twenty six points, Tobias Harris. Oh, that was one of Toby's over twenty two point games? Yeah. Okay, Toby. And yo, happy birthday, Toby. Happy birthday, Mike Scott. They got to celebrate their birthdays in their bubble. And uh, okay, so Sixers won that 115-104. Embiid had a nice game. Tobias Harris had a nice game. You know, I don't like my chances against the Spurs because every game right now is a road game to me. And the Sixers only won 10 games on the road this year prior to the stoppage. So let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Our 76ers, with the team that was built, is fighting in the sixth seed and only won 10 games away from the Wells Fargo Center. You know, but I've been called every name under the tree about this team, but I've been dead right. I've been dead right this whole season. So you're going to go into the third game Wednesday night, 4 p.m., against the Washington Wizards. Sixers split with the Wizards this year. What is it with them struggling against the Wizards? (laughs) They struggle against the Wizards, the Raptors, and the Magic. We can't beat them jokers at their place. But this is a neutral site. And I still think we will beat them. No, the neutral site is a road venue. This isn't, you're not playing the Wells Fargo Center. You don't have the fans behind you. You're not going to have anyone in that crowd pumping you guys up. No, you guys are on your own. This is your thing. I don't like our chances, but I think they might win that. So that's what I think we'll be one and two at that point. I think they could win that game. We'll be one and two. So I think we're going to lose against the Pacers. We're going to play well against the Spurs and lose that. And I think we'll beat the Wizards. See, the Spurs, I think they're going to beat. Okay. I think they're going to lose to the Wizards. Okay. So, but you still got them at one and two, right? Yeah, I still got them at one and two because while every game – I do consider a road game for them. I think their chances are better against the Spurs, and they, they've just consistently have been terrible against Washington whenever they had to play in Washington. I see this as kind of like the other side of the coin in the sense that you're playing against Washington, but you're doing it on the road again. I don't think they have... How do I put this? I don't want to say they don't have the mentality to beat them, but I think that's going to be a factor of it. It's like, oh, like we've struggled against these guys for so many years on the road, and yeah, like we're at a neutral site, but we don't have our crowd behind us. Does this level the I playing field? Think, what exactly is this going to do for them? I just think they're going to be gas, and they're going to be they're going to chuck up about thirty to forty threes that game, trying to keep up with the Washington Wizards' pace, and it, they're just not. It's not going to happen for them. I I I think I I would think that would happen if they were going to lose to Washington. I think they would chalk up the threes, not have any legs, and um, Washington would just 
they're, they're just, they'll be marksmen in the uh, ballroom gym. But that being said, I still see, I like their chances beating Washington over San Antonio and Indiana. I hear so, you. But either way, we got them at one and two. So going into the Friday, going into Friday, 630, you have the host city, Orlando. The Magic are 2-0, 2-0 against the Sixers this year. And that blown game where the Sixers had that game and we were coming out of Christmas feeling great. I left that Christmas game and my eyes were as big as a 10-year-old seeing all the toys he wanted on Christmas. And I said, wow. I said the Sixers just really destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks on national TV. Okay? And when I left that game, I did not realize we shot so well from three, from the three-point line. And that was the turning point of the season. That was when the season took an epic turn. Because from that point on, we saw games just pile up three after three after three after three after three after three. three. We're a three-point factory. and (laughs) And nothing got accomplished. Nothing. Nothing at all. They doubled down in the wrong direction. They doubled down on the three-point game as opposed to the bully ball game. Yep. Dead right. No argument here. And that game against the Magic, somebody went 4 for 11 that game. 4 for 11. Oh, God. Oh, no. 4 for 11. You shot 4 for 11. You're 7 to 300 plus pounds, and you're shooting 4 for 11 from the three-point line. Joel and B, what were you doing? I knew what you were doing, JoJo. I don't even hold you accountable for it. You're doing what the coach told you to do. Plain and simple. These guys are out here bombing away because that's what the coach wants. And us as fans are will get so frustrated at the players for chucking up these shots when we need to direct our attention somewhere else. I need to grow a bomber. <laughs> yeah. You grow Obama, all right. Keep growing. Because right now, I think any kind of uh, soil that you plant around me is not going to grow. It's going to die. I'm done with them, man. I'm done with them. I don't care if you want to grow a bomber. I don't want to. I don't care if you need a sharpshooter. I don't care if you need uh, the. I don't care. I don't even want to put it in words right now because that's how upset I'm going to get. And I've been really relaxed these last hundred days. You were fine until you started talking about BB. That's right. I don't care. Mark my words, y'all Kool-Aid drinkers out there that juice box is sweet. And you're sweet on the Sixers right now. Okay? You forget how fast that Brett Brown will start running, picking pops, and the dribble handoff for a three-point shot. This is not a three-point team. And you keep bringing in players like a carousel the last two and a half seasons. At some point, we have to stop and say it's not the players. Oh, yeah, you can tell me, oh, yeah, see, the players don't got to take that shot. Why not? That's what the coach wants. Yeah, but they're out there controlling the game. They run the, they run the game at the end of the day. they on the court. But the coach didn't call that play. Yeah, they are the players, but here's the thing. I would have no problem with Brett Brown being the coach if he would actually coach this freaking team. 
There are points in this season, multiple times, you can just watch the camera pan on him. He's just standing there, not doing a damn thing. He's too passive of a coach. He only brought fight that I saw was last year's playoffs when the Nets came in and took that quick one to lead. And, you know, he, 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 he actually coached. He showed me something that series. He had to coach. But I haven't seen anything else since. That Toronto, that Toronto series, I don't even want to get back into that. That's something I try to forget. That in the 2004 uh, NFC East Championship game. There are two things I just try to I try not to I try to forget as soon as possible. So you so, think? Do you think well, Brett is tired? Yeah. Like he's just, he just doesn't even want to coach anymore. Like he's actively trying to get fired because he wants to treat this like a vacation more than anything else. No, I actually think he, I actually think he believes what he's doing is is right. I really do. I spoke with Brett a couple of times. He's a good guy. I have, listen. Good guy. Talk talk sports. Talk hoops. Good guy. I'm tired of seeing him on the sideline. We need some new flavors. And I actually think most Especially people would agree with you on that. Like, most people would agree. Brett Brown, nice guy. We have no problem with nice guys. But the coaching, his message, or if there's any message at all, has either A, fallen on deaf ears, or B, it's just it's just doubling down on going in the grow Obama direction, go, doubling down in the jacking up threes direction when your team is just not built for this. We saw what the team was built in the beginning of the year, the bully ball method. The bully ball method was tremendous for this team, the way they started off. And he team should have doubled swag. down He should have doubled down swag. on that. The team had swag. When they played bully ball, they had swag. Yeah, B guy, they went cat. But the team had swag. Had a lot of swag. And, uh, You're right. You know, you start, you start, uh, pulling away from players and their swag and they get these big slumps like Mike Scott. Mike Scott hasn't shown up the whole season. So maybe this was a good layoff for his ass. He's, I don't know, but for me he's he another guy. He Mike Scott, I love Mike Scott, but his play, his actual play, yep. Not a fan. Yep. It was it was terrible this year. Terrible. And uh, you know, I was banking on Mike Scott to have a good year. Mike Scott Ennis the Menace, you know, Matisse the Thief, you know, all those three right there. And I was like, yeah, we got Jay Rich, Toby, MB, Ben. Oh, we're going to make an easy run. And we are struggling for the sixth seed with eight games left. Imagine God how terrible him. they would be without Matisse Thibel. God help him. He's the only player I see that consistently brings it every single night. No, don't, 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 uh, don't knock Ben. Ben's probably up there as a contender for a defensive player of the year. Ben's had a great year. I'm not – listen, Ben stepped his game up. You know, I asked him to step up at the, at the free throw line. He has – you know, his fingerprints are all over the the, uh, the course of the game. And I'm a big – I'm a big Ben fan. You know, people who know me know that. I'm a big NB fan, big Ben fan. I love my team. I just hate to see what they're going through. And I'm just going to call spade a spade. So, but, uh, you know, that, yeah, but Matisse, Matisse has been uh, a bright star, you know, and it sucks that he got snipped for the uh, all-star game. It sucks that he got snipped for the uh, the rookie challenges and all that because, you know, I believe he should have been there for the rookies versus world team. You know, I prefer if he's, uh, I prefer yeah, him being yeah. underestimated. I don't want, I don't want the rest of the NBA to know, like, yo, look out for this guy. No, let him be silent but deadly. 
Matisse's uh, game is is real. He's the city's son right there. So, but I mean, there's been a couple, yeah, there's a couple bright spots. I mean, I mean, if we really want to get into it real quick, Ben's defense has been a bright spot. Furcon has been a, de- a decent uh, bright spot. You know, he 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 saved the Sixers plenty of games. Everyone wants to talk about Shea. Well. I had the conversation with someone from your uh, radio station early in the season, and we both assumed that Shake was going to be the point guard. But then what Shake had to go through, and then to prove himself, just gives you, you know, just gives you that warm feeling as a as a fan in the city because he represents the city right there. That tough, gritty. Oh, you can say what you want to me. I'm going to prove you wrong. You told Shake he wasn't in the rotation at the trade for Burks and GR the third. You written Shake off and he was in your program. And you had the ball to tell him to his face, you're out. Well, you know what Shake did? Said, all right. He chewed on it and he stayed ready. And he came out when the team needed him and he worked his ass off and he performed. And that's what the city likes about Shake. Shake could play. We know Shake could play. This coach can't see that. And for you not to see what you have in Shake Milton, then that's a travesty. You got to go. You got to go. And we're going to get into the shakeup in a little bit. So coming up, man, we're going to talk about the next four games. Uh, Matt, Matt and I both got them at one and three. And uh, we're at uh, we're social distancing right now. So bear with us on this, on this Philly four-court press. But, uh, you know, we're going to get into the next four games. We will get into Ben. We will get into the videos. And we're going to get into something that's really, really, really interesting. And I'm going to tell you on the other side after these uh, commercial breaks. This is Philly Four Court Press. This is Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe. We'll be back in a minute. For any team, a key to success is learn the playbook. That's true in football. And it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. Today, if you know me, you know, if you put me on the floor, I'll make anything happen. Uh, whether it's plays, buckets, um, stops, I'll, I'll guard anybody one through five. Um, I run the floor, I can get to the rim, I can score the ball, uh, and I make plays happen. Um, so wherever you put me, if I'm one, two, three, four, five, it's going to happen. Um, I don't really look at it as like a title position. Um, that's mainly for you guys, you know, put down the articles. Uh, so put you anywhere, huh? Put you anywhere and you can guard one, two, three, four, and five, huh? Yeah. So you got no problem. You, you playing as a team player, huh? Yeah, okay. We're going to get into this. Cause this is really concerning to me. Because when we drafted Ben Simmons, there was a lot of talk that he was the point guard. He was here to play point guard. He wasn't playing anything else. 
But now, all of a sudden, he's open to playing the fourth. When he should have been playing the fourth. Should have been playing the fourth at the beginning of the year. Drastic measures by a desperate coach. So you're putting Ben at the fourth coming off the injury. Okay? I'm actually surprised to hear you say that because I love the move and I thought you would actually grill me for it. Why? Because I thought you would be the, uh, one of those guys that would say, oh, Shake Milton shouldn't be your point guard because Shake can't guard. I thought you were going to roast me not... for that. No, 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 no. You should have brought that to the table. Bring that to the table. No, nah, Shake, Shake needs to be the point guard. He's got defense to help. You got Tobias Harris. You got Joel Embiid. You got Ben Simmons. And you got Josh Richardson. You got length on the court. So his his mistakes on defense should be covered up by our defensive players we have on our side. And I would only say that even with JJ, TJ, and Furcon of last year. Yeah, they're slow. They get beat on defense. But if you got the big man roam in the middle and you got a strong four, which we should have had, you know, with Toby, but you moved Toby back to the natural three, and now you're putting Ben at the four, Ben's defense was great. So I got no problems with Shake being at the point guard. I just thought it was going to happen in the beginning of the year. That's how I looked at it. You know, put Ben at the point four, have him beat at the five, Toby at the natural. Probably would have won a lot more road games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jay Rich at the two. Like, Jay, okay, that's your little weak. That's your weak link right there, Jay Rich at the two, because he's not a strong shooter. But Toby of the pick and roll is a tremendous shooter. Check out Tobias Harris's highlights. His highlights are that pick and pop for the three ball, he was money. When we made the trade, he was in the top of the NBA for three-point per, uh, percentage. It seems like every time we get a guy who's having a phenomenal three-point percentage year and we make that trade for him at the deadline, they come here and shit the bed. And that's what happened. And he had a rough start because of the contract. He got all, the, he got all that money. And he put a lot of pressure on himself. So it took Toby a long time to settle in. But I honestly think Toby was having a decent year. He was 19 a game. You know, you want 21, 22 a game? Okay, cool. I, I won't argue that. But he was having an okay year. I mean, you you would expect more for 80 million, but I didn't give out that 80 million Sixers did. So, you know, but no, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't grill you for that. I grilled Brett Brown at for that. Because Brett Brown should have did that. You know? Exactly, yeah. Brett Brown should have had uh, made all these moves that we're talking about and everybody else out there at Sixerville was talking about. But, you know, it is what it is. Brett, you, you, Brett. 60, Brett. I see you. So, you know, you got, you got Ben, you know, you're talking that talk. I do, I do this, I could do that. All right, Ben. Listen, you're coming off injury. You haven't played in a very long time. It's easy to hit. Threes on video that we've seen before in the open gym. No one on you. It's easy for your player to lag off of you so you can take that shot. And, you know, I'm not <laughs> – you got a shooting glove to, to help yourself out a little bit. Oh, my Is God. Coming? Is the sleeve coming next? I mean, tell me. Tell me. He's going to get himself on hockey pads while he's on top of it? <laughs> nah, listen, you do what you got to do to build confidence. Me? I think you're putting pressure on yourself, Ben. You know, because you're not a three-point shooter. You're only taking 23 threes since you came in the NBA. 
you're, you're not a three-point shooter, and your coach is desperate right now. He's trying anything and everything, and he's going to sell he's going to sell a, a box of rocks to anyone who's willing to buy it. And there's a lot of people buying it. Now, let me ask you something just for some clarification here. Are you saying Brett Brown is desperate to make Ben Simmons the three-point guy, or are you saying that Brett Brown is desperate to make anybody the three-point guy at this point? Brett Brown is just desperate, period. Not to make anything. He's just desperate, period. You know, he's make this is a drastic move to put in, with eight games left in this crunch season to put, you know, Ben at the four, at the point four, and um, you're having him shooting threes. I mean, that's just that's just ludicrous. Ben's not a three-point shooter. Everybody knows that. And there's people who say they're not falling for the video. There's people saying he shot threes in the open gym. I've been down to the center where I saw him go around the world multiple times hitting threes. I know he can shoot. He just don't pull in the game. Now, I had a conversation with someone, and they said, well, this might work out in Ben's favor because no one's there. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, they do have a point. There's nobody there. It's like a pickup game, but it counts. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sticking my toe in that water. Hopefully he'll pretend that every team he faces will be the Chinese national team. <laughs> it'll, be his equi- it'll be his equivalent to imagining everybody in their underwear. Yeah, or imagine that he's facing the Knicks. Because um, there are only two teams he hit them threes against, but good luck, Ben. You know we got a we got a Brett Brown chance to, to make you this marksman. You know, I, I I hope your back holds up too, banging with true force. Because yeah, I don't see I don't see I don't see Ben right now. This is late in the, in the season, making an easy transition to the fourth. Beginning of the year, coming out of camp, coming out of um, preseason, starting the season, up to a point, yeah, sure. Up till now, yeah, yeah, sure. Be the uh, the four, because his body would he would have got bigger in his body, you know, and he would have been used to the punishment. But uh, you know, I'm not the coach. Brett Brown's the coach, so coach him up, Brett. Get that glove on them. Get them threes pumping. We're not the ones with the 39-26 record. That's right. We're sitting here cheering for the 39-26 record, which I might add will not get them the 50 wins, correct? You are correct, sir. Which I might add, I said they wouldn't get the 50 wins this year, which I might add, yes, I do realize there's 17 less games and they're only playing eight. Out of the 17. But they wanted it on course to win 50 games. Technically, you are they right. Had, they had no chance winning 50 games. I said they was going to top out at 48. And that was the pace. If you looked at the 17 games left, that was the pace they were heading. 48 games. 48 wins. So, I had to adjust a couple bets. I had a couple bets out there. So, I had to adjust a couple of my bets. And uh, we're just going to wait and see. That's all. You so know. This, 
this forced me to ask uh, to ask you another question, T. Will. So, if you were to get an early prediction on the team, if you were to see the twenty-eight to two home record that they had before the shutdown, would you have still placed that original bet that they would not achieve fifty wins? I did it before the shutdown. But if you already saw the record of twenty-eight and two, if you somehow had the foresight to see that, like somebody could give you that stab right off the gate and was one hundred percent going to come true, would you still place that bet? Show me anything on the road. Yes. Okay, so you're going to show me the twenty-eight and two record at home, but you're not going to show me their road record. Right. Would you still place that bet? I got to see, and I got to look to see if they're going to win fifty games. Right. Good question. That's a good question, you know, because this team was so dominant at home because they didn't want us to boo them. You know, they, they played really well at home. So, I mean, that's a, that's a fair question. And that's a question that I can't ask you. I only can tell you what I saw and what we were played out. And they had 10 wins on the road. And I said, and I said when they had five wins on the road, this team would be lucky to win 50 games. They might top out at 48. And you remember that hell I caught? I do remember. Yeah. Where y'all at now? I know I turned a lot of y'all on my side, though. We're not going to throw no knees out there. What's up, Karate Mark? How you doing, brother? I knew you were going to throw him in the mix. I knew it! Oh, <laughs> so, man. What, so, what's up, Sniper Joe? How you doing, man? Listen, man, listen. I tried to listen. I turned to few of y'all. Some of y'all still hanging on to them juice boxes. But, you know, we going to see... We're going to see, man. So, all right, let's get back into this. Because after this Orlando game, we both got them 1-3 and going into Sunday, 6-30, against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Sixers went into Portland and won that game on Furcon's bailout. You know, that was the the game Furcon, you know, opened everyone's eyes. Like, oh. That was one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah, that was your favorite game of the year, actually, because you you were very hyped with that. And Furcon came out and said, hey, you don't have to grow a bomber. I'm right here. And that's what had me confused with the entire system. It had everyone confused. I was confused. Because you know what's funny? After that court, after Portland, they played Denver. And the, and the Sixers dominated that game, and they blew it. Yeah, they, they did. that game. Oh, my they God, d- they blew that game. I was watching with a friend. He... Lost it. He actually cursed his mother out that night because he was so mad. I, I was so mad when they lost that game. I was driving. I was driving to go cash my ticket out. I was driving to go cash my ticket out. Now, luckily, I hedged. I had two tickets. I had that. I had one that hit. I had that one and another one that I had. I was driving to go cash that ticket out. And they lost that game, and I was sick to my stomach. And that's what turned me. That's what turned me, that Denver game. That Denver game was, is what made me sour for the rest of the season. And I hated it. I hate feeling sour on my team. I oh, I don't blame it. you. What lost, That was loss number three, right? And that was loss number three in a row. Yes. That was the third loss and the third loss of the season and the third one in a row. And I was livid, livid. That was the game that made me go, what the hell is going on here? I don't even want to go down that memory lane, man. I don't even want to do it. We're too we late now. We already went down that way. Nah, nah, because you know we can get we can get really into it. I'm I'm gonna stick to the stick to the script. 
And the script is, y'all beat Portland. Furcon bailed us out. Us as the Sixer fans. So, Sixers, uh, Damian Lillard's not playing, right? He's not in the NBA bubble, correct? No, nope, not in the bubble. The not in the bubble. So, best player's not there. I think the Sixers take this one. So, we're going to give him a – I, I want to give him a W for that one. Yeah, with Lillard not in there, I definitely give him a shot. Solid chance to win. So I'll I'll give him yeah. the W. Yeah, because Dame Lillard and Russell Westbrook seem like they give the Sixers problems all the time. So, but all right, so that's two wins, and you got three three remaining. Do you want to know the record of the three remaining? Oh dear God, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this. One and four. One and four. That was one more win than I was uh, expecting. One and four. They're two and one against Toronto this year. One. I mean, I'm sorry. One and two against Toronto this year. Phoenix beat us up. That was when Aaron Baines dominated Ben Simmons at the center. But Ben, you know, he could guard one through five. You know, he can do all things, but. Aaron Beans, big Aussie, had been looking like he'd never played basketball in his life early in the season. We'll see. And you have the Houston Rockets to finish that off. And the Rockets beat us by 10. I do not like that. Hey, this is an easy schedule, everyone said. I like our chances. Everyone said. Oh, we're supposed to beat Boston. We're supposed to beat Toronto. We're supposed to beat the Bucks. Everyone's saying that. Someone, one of my, one of my uh, season ticket faithful, one, one of my guys, he said to me, "He's being bullish. She's going seven and one." <laughs> I, I, T. Well, can you repeat that? Because I, I can't tell if I'm going deaf or I took something before coming in here. Did you say? Seven and one? He said seven and one. What is he smoking and where can I get some? If they go seven and one, I'll put this on record. If they go seven and one, I'll drink a 750 liter Crown Royal straight. Over uh, over how long? About seven and one? With it, with it, are you going to drink That's the whole thing within a day or? Within a day. Within a day. 750 liters. Oh, my God. Put it on, put it on record. It's on the record. On the record. There goes 71 clutch. <laughs> How about we both do it? Oh, my God. You said 71. Get me you involved in this pack, bro. too. If they you do that, bro. I want to just celebrate right. with you in that. that. Listen, listen, listen. I can't knock them. I can't knock him because he's a fan, you know? He's a fan, and, and you're supposed to be like that with your fans. So, like, I do respect that. I hear you. I was like that with the Flyers once when I was younger. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm beyond that. I'm at the realization uh, ladder of the, the game now. So Yeah, trying to be a reporter in this industry, I kind of have to abandon that mindset. Yeah, you have to. You, you got to put your fandom to the side and, and call it as you see it. Because that fandom will get you in trouble quick. So, Portland, we give them a win. 
Phoenix, Devin Booker, he's in the bubble, right? I think so. I don't remember if they mentioned him as wanting to opt out of the bubble. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's a question mark. But, uh, Either way, I give him DeAndre, the W. DeAndre Ayton's in the bubble. He's there. Yeah, uh, I actually see the Sixers winning that one. Yeah. So that's the third one. And then I, I still don't see us beating Toronto. I don't care where we play Toronto. Toronto just just a problem team, man. That's a problem matchup. Yeah, and this is a this is a Toronto team without Kawhi. Yep, and they're still good. They're still good. Ain't no so blaming I anything did. on a quadruple doink. No, 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 no. We're not going no. down that route. And it should never even came to that shot, to be honest with you. But I'm not even addressing that either. But all right, so they lose Toronto, and I don't see us beating Houston because Houston's. Houston's a problem. Houston's a sneaky problem. Yeah. So that's three and five. That's three and five. Washington, Portland, and Phoenix. If Devin Booker's not playing. Should we celebrate if they get four wins? If they go five hundred? That's been the year. We've been celebrating mediocrity. <laughs> All right, what if they go? What if they go five and three? How are we celebrating when they go five and three? If they go five and three, congratulations. You finally achieved something. You won on the road above 500. Now, and just, just for some clarification here, what are we doing if they go a perfect eight and oh? The off chance it happens. Huh? Say what? We got to do something <laughs> if they go a perfect eight. No, like the point they go oh, eight, the point oh one percent chance it happens. Oh, we'll figure something. Maybe we'll leave it up to the uh, to the listeners. We'll let the audience decide. Yeah, what happens if the chips go eight and eight? No, I put some money on it that they don't. But that'd be that'd be a good way to win some easy money. I do it like this. Let's put it like this. Six go eight and oh. I'm putting a hundred dollars to someone's chat. I can dig Matt, it. I'll Matt, do that too. Matt, Matt and I are going to Sixers go eight and oh. I want every everybody we send the uh, who who listens to the show send us a uh, a charity that they like or that they support, and we'll pick we'll pick one from the list. That's a great idea. I love it. That's eight no. Let's oh. do it. Oh, shout out to uh to a friend of the show, your boy, my boy, uh, Jamie Litch, because uh the bro has a bet with me. I told him that they go three and five and he called me a wet blanket and I gave him six and two and he said I was on. And I said five and three or four and four is a push because that's a sucky record anyway. He said yes. So, don't worry. I may talk that talk, but I'll, I always stand by my word. And they go three and five. I think they're. I see them as three and five because it's just just too many changes. You're moving too many pieces. Putting shake here, moving Ben here, moving Al to the bench, bringing off Cork Mize. Is he going to be hot like he was? You know, you're giving them. 
you trying you trying to crunch uh, a whole two months of camp that they normally would have into three weeks. Just teams not out of they're not mentally strong for that. Exactly, so, they're trying to do too much. That, yeah, it's it's a lot. That's a lot. If they would if if this was, if this team was let's say this team was in the the two seat behind Milwaukee with you know they're three games back with these eight, I say yeah, yeah, go bust them up because they showed me over the course of the season they can do it. But not this not this sixty with thirty nine wins with Ben Simmons and and Doyle no. Embiid and Tobias Harris and you coming off of fifty. 50 wins last season? No. And, yeah, I, I'm, I don't see it. As I sit there and sip my Corona, I don't see it. So, but uh, good luck. Y'all All you gonna need it. And 6-2ers and and out there, I hope you win. But I don't see it. I'm going to be real with you. So, all right, man, after the break, we're going to dive into uh, – one more thing here and uh, get cracking and, uh, you know, we're going to get ready for this uh, season to start. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's my man, Matt Marlowe. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. For any team, a key to success is learn the playbook. That's true in football, and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. Yeah, Matt, that, that's what I'm talking about, man. I, that intro fits me right there. You know, that's how I was feeling early. But uh, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap this up, Matt. I think. Uh, Sixers got an uphill battle. That's me personally. Me personally. I can't speak for everybody out there. Me personally. I think our squad has an uphill battle. I hope, and I say this all the time, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I really want them to go 7-1, Well, I do. I'm a fan. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? I want, I want them to play in their best basketball going into the playoffs. You know, I want to see them succeed. Real, realistically, don't see it happen. That's why I'm just being real. I don't see it happen. So yeah, and ben, fortunately, a lot of people have caught on the real train lately. And everyone's like, "Look, Sixers, we love them. They ain't winning." Nah, they're not. They're not, and it, it sucks. It sucks because of the the optimism I had in the beginning of the year, man. I was, oh, you couldn't tell me nothing about the Sixers. I was bullish, bull, bullish. 
I was drinking that, that Kool-Aid juice box. That thing was so sweet, I had my eyes crossed for a couple of days. But Don't worry, you got out of the cult. I did. I started drinking water. I started drinking water. I started drinking water. And that's another thing, man. I know if I could get off script real quick, man. Damn this COVID. Cause I think he was making moves, man. I was looking good. Looking good. But um you know, another setback. But that's all right. One day Murphy will open up the gyms in Jersey one day. We'll see. But shout out to Philly. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been uh I've been back at it for two weeks. So, you know, but now my drive time's gonna be cut a little short because uh Philly's gonna open up on Monday. So, you know, hopefully I can kick this into high gear after these past two weeks. But uh anyway, three and five. Do you agree? Disagree? Agree. Three and five. My producer agrees. I agree. No pressure, not twisting his arms. And, uh, you know, this is everyone says it's an easy schedule. I just don't see it. And I, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope Ben – I hope Ben – I want to see – this is what I want to see, to be honest with you. I want to see Ben dominate at the fourth. And, and I, I think we all do. Shoot, I don't – yeah, but I don't want to see him shooting threes because I don't – if he's a four, you know, coach wants him to be a stretch four. That's not his game. Ben drives to the basket and, and you know, dish, create. Create, do what you do. Create from the four spot. That's what I want to see. I don't think I'm going to see him. I'm going to see plays that are going to be ran for Ben to take that three ball. And ideally, ideally, like Ben Simmons would put up like seven threes a night and have that strong shutdown game and be strong deep in the paint. Ideally, look, in a perfect world, yes, perfect world. Sixers win the title. No question. But we don't live in a perfect world. We have Brett Brown as a coach. Hard-headed. Brett Brown's hard-headed. He wants to do things his way. So go ahead, Brett, do and you know what sucks out of all this? And I just reminded myself sitting here looking at my notes. Brett Brown's coming back next season. Oh. Brett Brown's coming back. coming back next season. And you ruined my day. <laughs> He's coming back next season. Oh, God help us. God help us with the COVID. God help us with our leadership. God help us with Brett Brown. Because Brett Brown's coming back next year. I'm convinced Brett Brown has well, something to do with this COVID. Well, he helped manufacture the virus to stop the NBA season. If he could have gave me, if he would have gave me some glimmer of hope that I would have saw him fixing this this uh, situation we were in, and then we had to shut down, I I honestly would say five and three. Go five and three. You know, have a little swag, go on the playoffs, make a little noise. But I don't see that. No. I don't see it at all. No. Nope. Well, Nat, there's another 
Another fabulous episode. I think our best episode yet. Spoil your horses. We got plenty more in the in the, uh, in the uh, arsenal, my man. That's why I said yet. We got, of, we, got <laughs> we got a lot of we got a lot of guests here still attend that we put to the side. You know, we're gonna try to work these things out. I know uh, we're social distancing right now, and you know that just doesn't work for us with our show. But we're gonna make it work during the season. But you know, right now what's going to work is you know, say your names. Peace and love, justice for all. Let's do what's right and not what's wrong. Don't be out here pounding your chest, thinking that you're immune to uh, the situation at hand. And don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant because when when you see people protesting and saying their names, they're they're doing that for their reasons. Don't just try to counter to be ignorant. You know. Take the opportunity to learn, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, Bohan Jean, my man T. Wright, Trayvon Martin, six years, six years ago, Eric Gardner. This was all in the making. Six years ago, Eric Gardner. It's already been six years. You know? And the list is long and long. Jordan Davis, Walter Scott, the 70s. Eight names on this list. Seventy-eight names. Mothers and fathers can't get their the siblings back. You gotta do better. You gotta do better. I'm not trying to preach. I'm not trying to change your, your views. I'm not trying to change the way you think. But the only way we gonna make a change is we get out and vote. Hold your legislators to their promises. Hold your districts and your counties and your uh, your county officials. Hold them to their promises. And if they don't do what they're promised, you get them out. That's all. Let's be smart. Let's use what's in our heads. Let's take the time to educate and learn the history. And not just spit off what we're hearing from other people. You know, I can learn something from Nat. Nat can learn something from me. I can learn something from the listeners. The listeners can learn something from me. You know, let's bring us all to the table, everybody. Let's come together as one. One. We come together as one. A lot can be done. The more we divide, more that this is going to happen. And this isn't the world that I saw myself living in. When I was a hard-headed young and coming up. And I don't think a lot of people that listen to the show saw this world that we're in right now. But we in here. And we can't run from it. So let's learn from it and be better on the other side. So, on that note, like power. Know your hip hop too. Cause I'm a hip hop head. Everybody knows that. My man Nat Marlowe, producer extraordinaire. Thank you. I'm your host, Big T Will. This is Philly Full Court Press. And we'll catch you on the other side. Peace.